Hello, this is Gidon Rothstein, and this is Perak Yudtet, chapter 19 of Sefer Mishle, the book of Mishle, a chapter we are going to see with the commentary of Rabbalag, which will, but which will also echo themes that we've begun to see. So some of the themes around uh, the nature of wisdom, the importance of wisdom, or building up wisdom properly, the contrast between rich and poor, the value of friendship and the uses of friendship, the importance of self-control, the nature of self-control, what to indulge within ourselves and whatnot. All of these are themes that I think have become some of the major themes that we're noting in the book of Mishlei, and that will come out in our parak as well. Parak Yutet. Pasuk Allah starts with, Tov rash holech bitumo, meikesh sefatav v'hukkasil. Better a poor man who lives blamelessly is what the English has, than one who speaks perversely and is a dullard. Meaning, so he's a ksil and he's a me'akesh svatav. Um, so the contrast would not seem to be so clear, um, that which explains why the Ralbag assumes that mimisha sam kislo be'oshro, me'akesh drachav, so an ikesh svatav or an ikesh drachav for the Ralbag is a, Wealthy person. The contrast is really between a poor person and a wealthy person, whereas it doesn't come out of the Pasuk itself. That's the way the Rabbi understands it. And the point is, the poor person who is blameless, who acts honestly and with integrity, is better than somebody who has wealth, but then places their confidence and their faith in their wealth because they assume that that will stop people from paying attention to anything else that's wrong about them or that's objectionable about them, and they can just... So they rely on their wealth to cover over their bad habits. You see people who are wealthy and just act however they want to and outrageously and annoyingly and are mean to others around them because they have a lot of wealth. So that's the first understanding that the Rabbi has of the Pasuk. Second understanding that he offers is that the wealth and poverty here is talking about in terms of your intellectual achievements, your your um, your accomplishments in terms of muskalot, in terms of intellectual ideas, in terms of understanding the way the world works. And what it's telling you is there are two different kinds of ways that you can miss. There's getting deot, actual knowledge, and, or wrong ideas, deot nifsadot, and then there's the lack of anything. So it's better, tov it's better to be a person who lacks in knowledge, although that's not good either, as opposed to somebody who has acquired wrong commitments, intellectual commitments, wrong views of the world. This is a theme certainly for the Ravag, but others as well, which is that it's not true that just being smart is enough to guarantee that you will choose properly and correctly the ways in life. So if you're intelligent, that's a first step, that's a step of talent that might be helpful, but the question is, what will you do with that intelligence? And here he's saying, there are people who lack knowledge, and there are people who acquire wrongful ideas and wrongful, wrong pictures of the world, and those people have a greater problem and are in more trouble. And that continues into the second pasuk, Gambalo da'at nefesh lotov, the glayim chote. So the lack of knowledge, then a person will, um, the Rabbag assumes, want what is inappropriate. That's another sort of large theme that you can have in American culture, and that comes up in Mishle a lot, the question of what are we naturally? Are we naturally something to be resisted? Our natural instincts. So a lot of times, for example, if you think of a profession to go into, they say, well, what do you like to do? That question assumes that the natural instinct, that our internal instinct is in some way valuable and important and useful. And it may be in the context of choosing a profession. The question becomes other cases where it's not. So the Ralph Bag at least is assuming that without knowledge, without training ourselves to understand the world the way the world works and what should be true, good and what should be not good, then we will tend to want that which is not good and not healthy and not productive for us. And yet, even that's even better than, somebody who's lacking those things is better than somebody who has dis- chosen to indulge their desires and their appetites so much that they run 
to do to follow them, that's already a level of sin, according to the Rabbah. Pasuk Gimel, Yivelet Adam Tisalev Dako, Ve'al Hashem Yizaf Libo. If you're an Evil, if you have Yivelet in you, the Rabbah says, that will lead you to want to do these wrong kinds of things because you won't have proper understanding of the way the world works. Proper understanding what you should be striving for, what you should be looking for, what you should be trying to do. So, simple example is a question of luxury. Uh, not luxury, I apologize. That's a question too, but the question of leisure. Somebody has leisure time, what should they be doing with it? The answer to that question certainly depends on whether they need a rest because they've just been working so hard, they need some kind of a break, or if they just have structured leisure in their week, in their lives, all the time. So, if they have that, that might be a question as to whether there's a proper way to handle their lives and their times. So the Rabbi says, Evelet Adam will be a reason, the person having Evelet within there will be a reason for them to go the wrong ways because they don't have any good understanding, good reasons, good explanations for how the world is supposed to work, how they're supposed to uh, structure their lives. And because of that, this is the second half of the Pasuk. They either, um, either they will be upset that Hashem is forcing them to do certain things. Is pushing them in a certain direction. They'll resent it and resist it, even though it's actually mitzvahs that are setting us up to be better people than we've been otherwise. They'll be upset about Hashem, or the other way around, it might also be they'll be upset with Hashem because they will eventually get punished for no good reason and or stopped from doing what they want to do, and they don't understand because their evil will lead them in that way. So that. The Rabbag is stressing here and elsewhere before in Mishnah also that unless you come to understand, unless you develop a certain kind of understanding, you won't be able to figure out what's going on at all and you'll just end up resenting Hashem and hating Hashem and disliking Hashem for lots of things when actually if one took the time to learn and to think and to pay attention to understand, it would all make perfect sense. If you have a lot of money, the Rabbag says you're going to end up having a lot of friends because you'll Share their money with them. You'll share good times with them. You'll have them hang around with like the entourages that that famous people have because they're willing to be generous and spread their money. Whereas, and the other half of it is that poor people will lose friends, will have a hard time keeping friends because their friends know they're not going to get anything out of them. That's a very fairly cynical view. It is a Rabbi's view, fairly cynical view of many friendships. You'd hope that you don't have friendships that are built so shallowly. But in addition to that, the costs of friendships will lead people to separate from each other if one is a, is a poor person, because they know that's a person who's going to perhaps constantly be coming to them for help and assistance, and it eventually will fray the, fray the, 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 the threads of the relationship. And a lying witness will not get cleansed of their sin, and somebody who speaks falsehoods will not be able to escape. Um, and the Valbach says part of what the problem is with these people is not only that they tell the lie, but it's also true that they're going to end up making righteous people into look like evildoers to other people and the other way around. And therefore Hashem will punish him. And so too, if you're Midaber Kizavim, if you, uh, say falsehoods, if you, uh, testify lies, if you tell, say falsehoods, you're going to end up also bringing about great evil. This is a sub-theme that we've seen a lot, uh, a few times in Mishlei, question of honesty, integrity, and its vital importance, and that a lie is actually much more damaging than you might tend to give it credit for, because it leads to, because of what it leads to, what, what it sets up. Pazik Vav, Rabim Yichalu Nadiv, V'chol Ish Matan. Many people court the favor of a great man, and all of the friends of a, are the friends of a dispenser of gifts. 
And so in this sense, being an Adiv, having the money to be able to be generous and to give money out is going to be a helpful thing because then a lot of people want to come talk to you, they want to know you, they want to get to know you, and they'll, you'll have a lot of friends. And in that sense, the Ralbag says, wealth is in fact better than poverty. We've seen other reasons why wealth is worse than poverty. Wealth is a challenge of its own in terms of learning not to trust in your wealth too much, not to think that your wealth belongs to you, learning to use it properly. But in this sense, wealth is better than poverty. And the contrast between wealth and poverty continues here in that even the brothers, even the relatives of a poor person, the Ralbag says Sineihu will eventually hate him because they see they don't get any benefit from him. As I said before, a cynical view of relationships that we would hope would not be true. But if it's true of relatives, it's all the more true of friends and therefore his Poverty is going to be a reason that people will distance themselves from him and they will think about him that he did the wrong thing or that it's coming to him for some reason. And that's a reason to try to avoid, in the Rabbi's sense, to try to avoid that kind of poverty. He who acquires wisdom is his own best friend. He preserves understanding and attains happiness. Uh, and and that would be the kind of kind of the right purchase to make. Konelev konesechel. He's an ohev. I'm sure the Rabbi says he loves his soul because from wisdom you get to understand how to shape yourself and how to shape your soul and how to create yourself in a way that's proper and appropriate. And that's true. Remember the bohatzvuna. If you keep it inside of you to always find the good, the good way and the good path, you will have that kedushim. You will have the knowledge of holiness and the holy ones, and you will therefore be able to advance yourself. So that the best way to develop yourself is by being a konelev and by being a shemer tefuna. Pasuk Tet, Eid Shekarim Lo Yinakev Yafir Kuzavim Yoved, this is very similar to Pasuk Hey. Here the Rabbach also puts it in terms of the question of wisdom and knowledge and intellect and what we might call today call science or philosophy and all those disciplines, the higher, the higher disciplines. So here too, where you need, as the Rabbach says, you need hat you need to have premises to work with, if you start off with false premises or you enunciate false premises and you convince other people of them, so that's a reason that everybody around you who hears you and listens to you will fall by the wayside and they will never be able to get to the true wisdom because they've adopted a false premise. So if somebody who speaks lyingly about these issues, especially about the roots, about the very, about the axioms, about the starting points, so they will be lost, they will be destroyed because they're really a reason that so many other people will not get to their proper perfection and their proper development and improvement that they might have gotten to. So as a simple example, let's suppose for a second, I happened to speak somewhere yesterday about evolution, so it's on my mind, let's suppose for a second that Darwin got many, many aspects of evolution correct in that. That that, that is a large part of the way the world works is that there are mutations and these mutations lead to changes in species and survival, etc. And all of that has lots of truth to it. But then let's suppose that I insert axiomatically, and it's largely axiomatic because there's not a lot of evidence for this piece of evolution, that those mutations are random. That word random really means, it's used in English to mean there is no rhyme or reason, there is no pattern to it, there is no cause for it. What it actually means is we human beings have not yet seen the pattern underlying it. So if I put in as an axiom of my scientific expressions of evolution that there is no pattern and there is no guiding hand, there is no shaping force behind it, so that is, from a Jewish perspective, false. That is a false premise, but it is a false premise that can easily become tied up in people's minds with the question of, are you sophisticated enough to accept uh, scientific premises? But if you accept scientific premises and they run counter to Torah, 
then you find yourself in a position of difficulty. Either you feel, either you live with a contradiction and you assume Torah is true and science is true and they contradict and I don't know what to do about it. Or what often happens to people is they come to not really believe Torah as much as they used to and, 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 and in damaging ways. It's all coming from a false premise because the premise of randomness has no actual proof to it. You can't really prove randomness. It's a hard discussion. It's hard. It's a hard way to, it's a hard challenge to prove randomness. It seems random. But, but that's what the Rabbach seems to be talking about, about here in this Pasuk. Pasuk Yud, lo naveliksil ta'anug afki li eved mishol bisarim. It's not nice. I'm sorry, did I read the wrong person? No, probably good. Luxury is not fitting for a dalit, much less let a servant rule over princes. So the Rabbi will again relate this to the questions of wisdom and acquiring wisdom and knowing what you're supposed to do in the right ways to handle things. That it's not right. Uh, it's it, it's not appropriate. The Rabbi says that a seal should get tanu, should just get pleasure. Why? He should get tsar. Why should he get tsar? Because he's a Xil, and we want to train the Xil not to be a Xil anymore. If he enjoys himself, there's always the challenge, I think. I often think about the challenge of how Hashem might communicate to us that, he want, that Hashem wants us to change the way we act. If Hashem punishes us, we complain that we're always getting punished, that it's so difficult, and how it can change if we're being punished. But if Hashem gives us good, then we think, oh, everything's going great. It must be that Hashem's very happy with us. So that's part of, I think, what the Royal Bank is saying here about the Xil. It's inappropriate that they should get good, they should have pleasure. He's a seal. He's a fool. He's a person who's not paying attention to the right way to live life. And so, all the more so that an evid, that a slave should rule over Sarim, it's telling you that it shouldn't, it shouldn't happen that way. And then the Rabbag says, and this is also true about within ourselves, the seal force, the Rabbag says, is that force that just likes to enjoy physicality. And that force is an important force and has an important survival value and it teaches to do important things, but they should be subordinate to our higher instincts, our better instincts, our search for goodness and wisdom. So there comes a time to eat, and then we should indulge our physical side. There comes a time for various physical activities, various what might otherwise, if you do too much, then be called exil activities. The only question is, do those rule who we are, or are those a subordinate part of who we are, subordinated to a larger picture of trying to serve a God, trying to achieve true wisdom, trying to achieve true understanding, trying to achieve the maximum that we might be. Pasuk in Aleph, Seichel Adam Ha'erich Apo Vetifarto Avor Al Pasha. The a man shows his intelligence by his forbearance, and this is his glory when overlooks an offense. And the Rabbi basically says similar things to what the English just said that uh, that if you have the proper intellect, if you set it up, it will lead you to be Ma'arich Apo. Will lead you to tend not to get angry about things and not to get angry easily, and it will become a splendor to you. People will praise you for it because they'll know that you're not a person who tends to get angry, you're not a person who tends to have fights, and that you're not a person who tends to hold on to fights, and that will be a, a, a valuable thing for people to know and to understand about you. Uh, but pause to suggest or to think about why is it that our intellect tells us to avoid fights, and the answer fairly clearly is that, by and large, the things that we tend to fight over are silly. And by and large, the things that we tend to take offense at are matters of arrogance, matters of conceit, matters of self esteem and self-image in which we think it's inappropriate for somebody to treat us a certain way and that may or may not be true it's not to say that it, you're not right, it's just to say that the fight is generally not worth it it's generally not uh, something that should be pursued, so as a simple example somebody cuts you off on the road and you think you're going to chase after them or you're going to bright them or you're going to chase after them go in front of them and slow down so they also get cut off, so it could be the person was wrong to cut you off but the value of the fight is unclear 
in all in many 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 instances not in all instances there are certain occasions where even wise people are required to to join in a fight and to fight until it's done until it's until the problem is solved so not to be political but if a certain segment of the Jewish people is being threatened by enemies, and the obligation is to go and fight until the enemy has been completely removed, until the danger is gone. So that would be a fight that you'd want to get into. But inter- interpersonal fights, by and large, are not worth uh, holding on to and keeping on to. Pasuk, Yudbet Naham Kakafir Za'af Melech Uchital Al Esev Ritzono. The rage of a king is like the roar of a lion, its favor is like dew upon the grass. The Rabag takes it fairly literally and saying that because the king has so much power and he can do so much damage to you that his anger is particularly dangerous. And on the other hand, the king being happy with you is like the tal, is like the dew, in that he can give you more power, he can give you more position, he can do all sorts of things to you. And therefore, you should be careful that the king not get angry with you. And the king should be careful not to get angry, not to get angry too quickly because his anger is very hard from other peoples, and it can produce great damage if he indulges it wrongly and inappropriately. Pasagit Gimel, Havot Laviv Ben Kassil, the Delef Tored Midinei Isha. Yeah, a stupid son is the calamity to his father, the nagging of a wife is like the endless dripping of water. So we saw in Previous chapter, you find a good wife, it's a good thing. Here, we've seen before the question of the son being upsetting to the father. So you have a son who is a kasil, and now by, again, by kasil, we don't mean, as we haven't meant almost anywhere in Mishnah, a kasil has not meant somebody who doesn't have the ability to be intelligent. It means somebody who hasn't chosen to take the kinds of learnings and the kinds of lessons that would lead them to being intelligent, to being wise is a better word. Um, and also, if you have, a, if somebody is, has a wife who always creates fights, so it's like living in a house where there's a constant drip. Because it's always uncomfortable to live there, it's uncomfortable to be there. You just want to enjoy living in your house, and that's what Mishlei is saying. So that uh, issue, though, we're going to go on to in Pasuk Yudalit. In Pasuk Yudalit, Ba'id Vahon, Nachalat Avot, Me'ashem Yishamaskele. But your house and your wealth could be a matter of 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 Yerush of inheritance. But getting a good wife, the Ralbag says, is completely from God. And then he says, fascinating words, Gains that Talubi it's not a question of your choice. It's not a question of how you pick. It's always a question of the kind of assistance you get from Hashem. There's a comment in a, in a, I think, in a community where, let's say in the Orthodox community today, there are all sorts of ranges of choices people make as to whether they go through the Shidduch world, or they try to find on their own, or however they choose to find a wife. But it does not, as far as I know, statistics do not suggest there's any particular form of finding a wife that is greater or lesser guaranteed to create marital happiness and marital satisfaction, which would make the Ralbag's point, even though it was written hundreds of years ago, and even though we tend to think that we know other ways today, it would tend to suggest there is a matter of, there is a large segment of divine assistance, divine providence when it comes to the question of marital happiness. Pasuk Tervav, Tirav. Laziness induces sleep. And a negligent person will go hungry. The Ralbag says that it's one of the patterns of laziness. And people know this. So you can just tell that it sort of it dulls your senses, dulls your strength. And so too, um, if you have people who think that they're for sure they're going to have enough money, and therefore they go around and they're lazy and they think that they'll get a job here and they'll get a job there, and they won't practice and they won't try, they very often will end up losing their money and going hungry because there's no that's not a way to get mazon to get food to get uh, to support yourself. So if you're independently wealthy, you could hold a discussion as to whether you can rely on your 
resource, but that's not what he's talking about here. It's that um, it's that if you indulge your weaker sides or your lazier sides and stuff like that, you won't be able to achieve what you could have achieved. So in the finance, in the basic world of food, that could be true, and that's the, the plainest sense of the puzzle. But then the Rambam also relates that to the intellectual world. If you intellectually think, oh yeah, I'll, I'll study at some point, I'll think and later, I'll work this, that also is going to be a matter of leaving you malnourished, as it were, in intellectual ideas. In, and intellectual is perhaps a bad word because in America many people resent the idea of intellectual think of it as an over, as an exaggerated focus on ideas and on thoughts as opposed to living real life. But that's not what the Rabbi means at all. He means in terms of understanding how to live real life and how the proper way to set up a life would be and all of the kinds of lessons that Mishle would want us to apply into our real lives. That's what he means here. If you don't take the time to learn them, you don't take the time to build up the foundation upon which to learn them, then you will be starving in that realm. If you keep mitzvot, are the words of the rabbi. You keep Hashem's mitzvot in His uh, whole complete Torah. That guards your soul because now it doesn't just guard. You might have thought it guards your soul because Hashem will be happy with you because you do what Hashem wants. But the rabbi says it's there's a middle stage perhaps that it sets you on a path to set your body up properly and you set your soul up properly and therefore. You will earn good stuff from Hashem because you will have changed yourself and developed yourself and improved yourself in the best kinds of ways. As opposed to somebody who is Boze Hashem Yamut, and the Rabbi says Midota because he chooses bad character traits. Doesn't develop his understanding of the world, his understanding of mind, his understanding of how God wants us to act, and all of that is a reason that you should die young. The Rabbi says. As you have it in the Rehan of Yim, as you have it for sure in Tanakh, that that is something that can happen, that Hashem will choose to take your life away from you if you just don't develop yourself the way you could have been. Hashem, if you, sorry, if a person gives to the poor and helps the poor, the Rabbah says this, if you're lending Hashem money, why? Because Hashem has the obligation to help everybody have enough food in life. And so therefore, since if you take on Hashem's role in helping out these poor people, otherwise we wouldn't have had food as far as we can tell, yeah, it would have been Hashem's job to give them food. But therefore, and then the Rabbah says also, and that's why Hashem gives an Ashir Abracha with everything He wants, so that they can then use it to help the poor, which is a striking comment to make in terms of the question that in America, at least many people have the feeling that if I've earn you know, some, let's say a million dollars and I've given some amount of charity all the rest of the money is for me to do with whatever I want Well, Black is saying the the experience of being wealthy is supposed to be an experience of having been given a responsibility by God to, or been given a privilege by God to perform God's functions in the world that God otherwise would have performed otherwise. It's not ever our money. It's always a question of what are the things we should be doing with that money? What are the right ways to handle that money? That's what Pasuk Yudzayin should be saying according to Rabbi. Pasuk Yudchet, Yasser bin Chak Yeshtigva, El Hamito Al Tisan of Shecha. So the literal meaning of Yaser bin Khan is discipline your son while there is still hope and do not set your heart on his destruction. That Do not set your heart. Um, the JPS suggests might be or pay attention to his moaning, meaning they're bothered by that second half of the Pasuk. The Elamito al-Tisan of Shecha. Hamito really means his death. But what would that mean? So Ralbag says, and Ralbag agrees with that second possibility. He says, yeah, when your child is young, you need to discipline them. Because if you discipline them, 
That's how they can then learn how to perfect themselves. And it should be true even if they cry and even if they scream and even if they complain, you have to ignore that. And the reason to ignore it is not because you have to be harsh. It's you have to ignore it because it is, I think, more compassionate for the child to discipline them when they're young and they're still much more malleable and train them in the right ways to behave because then they'll be closer to perfection and closer to the proper self-development when they get older. Whereas if you pay attention and just give in to them, then they will not learn the lessons they need to know. encourage punishment. You try to save him, you will only make it worse what the JP has says, but they said they said the meaning of that second half of the Pasuk is not clear to them. Kim The Ralbag understands it as that if a person has lots of anger with them, they will never avoid punishment because they're gonna lead to fighting. And if um if at some point they, if you try or if you uh think you can save him from his anger, you'll be afraid of him. So it'll also lead other people to act that way. And they'll try to knock him off and they'll try to destroy him. And so that the whole thing of anger and building a life of anger and being a person of anger leads to many wrong consequences, many wrong issues coming out of them. And therefore, you should just stay away from it and not think that you can go in there and deal with the anger. Rather, a person should just learn not to be angry, to suppress anger and get rid of anger as opposed to indulging it in any way whatsoever. Pasuk Chaf show Shema Eitza Listen to advice and accept discipline in order that you may be wise in the end. So if you want to know the right ways to act and you want to walk, the Rabbah says, the proper paths in life and accept discipline from those who are greater from you and from the Torah, all that will be a reason that you will get wiser and then you will act in your proper and appropriate ways. And then the robot points out that the ability to accept this kind of discipline, you have to start off by understanding how, what it means to acquire wisdom, what the nature of acquired wisdom is. So uh, a person should understand that, that the way to achieve true wisdom is at first by accepting from others and just following how, how it's laid out for you without always having the sense, or at the beginning at least, having the sense of yourself as being so wise and so knowledgeable that you can figure out What's supposed to be happening and how it's supposed to be happening? That a lot, a sort of a relinquishing of control, is an important piece of the puzzle. According to the Rabbi Gamliel's Pesachaf, and he says that continues into Pesachaf Aleph, where it's a famous puzzle because there's a song, "Rabot Machshavot Belev Ish Vatzat Hashem Right, that there are many thoughts in the hearts of a man, but it's Hashem's ideas that will stand and be permanent. And the Rabbi says, yes, yeah, sometimes you think you're being wise and you try to do one kind of action and you are led inexorably either to the good or to the bad in a certain direction that's part of this understanding so understanding that what Mishle is telling us is that we have to come to understand at least at early stages of our ascent into wisdom if not all throughout our lives that there are other people around us who can teach us greater wisdom than we have until now can train us better in wisdom than until now in addition to which we shouldn't think that we always know how life is going to go and the direction we're supposed to be taking because many times Hashkacha, providence will take us in other directions, whether it's to punish us for our sins or it's to uh, help us find the proper path in our lives. And therefore, again, as part of wisdom, we would want to just accept and follow. That, I think, raises extremely challenging issues of how do you know when to fight against your fate and when to just accept and do what's going on, meaning somebody is in a job. 
to there. And the job is not a great job. They don't think it's a great job, but they don't find another job, but they have the financial resource to just hang out. Should they leave the job or they should keep plugging away at it? If they left the job, perhaps, they would find some new avenue. They would be freed up to find some new avenue where they could contribute to the world in a great, positive way. On the other hand, there may be God wanted to be in the job now. So I think there are many questions like that that come up that are based on this question, right? Who do you listen to? Who do you not listen to? When do you know that there are, this other person has greater wisdom than, than you? And when do you say they don't have greater wisdom than you? All these difficult issues, but that's what Mishli is telling us to be on the alert for, for these kinds of issues, these kinds of questions. Greed is a reproach to a man, is what the JPS has it as. No, yes. Better be poor than a liar. Um, so Ta'avat Adam, the Rabbagan says to me, when it says Chazdo, it's Ta'avat Adam, he beteva, is a cherpalo, is a, is an embarrassment to, the, to him because your, our instincts from our youth are to just indulge in things that are not necessarily appropriate. And therefore, it would be better to be poor in that you can't then achieve or accomplish or uh, secure your desires from a person, as opposed to a person who is able to always get what he wants and he just indulges in these various kinds of pleasures. So that's one possibility for how the Rabbah reads the Pasuk, that it's from a person who kazaf here would not mean lying as English has it, because that would mean somebody who always goes after physical pleasure, which has all of the various problems of its own. Oh, you're it, said the Rabbah. So another possibility is, the person really wants to achieve, to secure the kindness of God, and it's better, or you're more able to get that kindness from God if you are a rash, if you're a poor person, where, and here he means poor in knowledge, poor in understanding, poor in wisdom, as opposed to Anish Kazav, because Anish Kazav is already an evil person, he's doing bad, he's doing wrong, because the rash only needs to learn. Whereas Yishka Gazav, a liar, a, a person who has falsehood, needs to first be uh, cured of his lying, or get rid of his lying, or get rid of his false ideas, all of which will come from his lies, and only then will he be able to turn to Hashem and begin on the path to developing the kind of relationship in which one can deserve Hashem's chesed, Hashem's kindnesses, and Hashem's involvement in one's life. Pazakov Gimel, Yirat Hashem L'chayim, V'savaya Yalin Bal so here appears the Lord on life. He shall abide in contentment, free from misfortune, is what the JPS says. So they are understanding the second half of the Pasuk. As a continuation of the first half. So Yirat Hashem, the Rabbi says, will to eternal life. It's not just the Chaim that you'll live. And a Bala Yirat, like the JPS has it, will, will sleep, uh, sated. Because he won't have any deep desires for physical pleasures, because a Yirat Hashem will have taught him the right way to channel those and to indulge those, and therefore he won't be lacking for anything. In other words, it's not only that Yirat Shemayim will get a better thing from Hashem in the, in the world of eternity. The Rabbag is suggesting that somebody who has Yirat Shemayim, who has proper fear of heaven, won't feel a lack of physical pleasures because he will have already trained himself or she will have already trained herself not to indulge them so fully, and therefore that lack won't be there. Pasuk of Dalid. Taman atzel yado batzalachat gamel pihu lo yashivena. So an atzel is a lazy person. It's as if he puts his hand down into a bowl or into a dish of food and he wants to take something out, but he's so tired that he won't, uh, he won't ever be able to bring it back to him. Right? It's as if his hands are chained. And even though he's hungry, 
he won't want to go do some work. So that level of laziness probably we never come across. For somebody who's too lazy to actually bring, bring the food, even though he's starving or she's starving, bring the food back from the plate to their hand. The Rabbi says, that's not really what it's meant. What it's meant is that an at sale will not be able to do, maybe those steps are too close, but if the steps are you have to go to work and work at a job and work hard to advance in order to be able to uh, secure the kind of livelihood that is necessary for you to live, all of those questions, Sarah Bag says, that will be what Natsel will have to struggle with. Meaning Natsel will say, I'd love to be able to go on vacation. I work 52 weeks a year and I work six days a week, five and a half days a week, and I can't stay anymore. I need to do vacation, but I can't afford a vacation. So what would one do in that situation? Theoretically, one would try to either adjust their work situation so they make more money or develop skills that they work more money or that they, that they make more money or work longer hours to make more, whatever it would be that would be necessary. Your situation might be different, but do something to adjust the situation. But the at sale doesn't have the ability to do that, doesn't have the ability to understand that. If you hit a late, a late being a scoffer, a person who mocks the wrong kinds of things, have you, or, the petty at least will become wiser or more aware of the world. Whereas if you rebuke an intelligent man, he himself will gain knowledge. So the Rabbi says it's exactly like this. If you, if you strike a lates to try to discipline them, the lates may not get it, because latesim, part of the tragedy of latesim is that they're too busy mocking, they, they think they know better, and they're therefore gonna mock true wisdom, because they're sure that they know the better. Whereas a petty knows, or might know that he doesn't know, and therefore when the petty sees that discipline, might learn a lesson from it, and therefore will take a lesson, and will go in the opposite direction, and develop good habits, and good outlook on life, and will start learning and studying. Whereas a navon, when you discipline him, he himself, will take the lessons to heart, and he himself or she herself will grow from those lessons. So that's the contrast. When it comes to a late, a late is almost unworkable with until he or she changes and doesn't and stops being a late. But a petty can learn from what happens to the late, and an avon can learn from what happens to himself. Puzzle Kavav, Mishadeid Av Yavriach, Aim Ben Mevish Umachpir. So the... Uh, a son who causes shame and disgrace blunders his father, puts his mother to flight. Right? will cause this. So Rabbi says exactly the way. A son who causes embarrassment to his parents because of his wrong actions and wrong ways of living, and because he just follows after whatever enjoyments he can find. Right? That's an, a, a recurring phrase in the Rabag, that just following your physical pleasures is in and of itself clearly a wrong thing to do, this will become a reason that his parents will become plundered because he will bring on to his parents, this is what the Rabag understands to mean, that he will get so desperate for money, and this sadly you see happening in the world, especially among drug addicts, that they will encourage other people to to rob their parents. They might not be able to do it themselves, but they'll tell people how to get in, they'll tell people when they're not home, they'll rob them, so that they can divide the spoils, or maybe they'll borrow from their parents, and then when it comes time, they'll borrow from other people, when it comes time to repay it, the father and mother won't get it back, or they won't, or they'll have to be the guarantors on it, and that's why the rabbi comes back to a theme of his, that I think is an important one, that's why education of the young, and disciplining of the young, and teaching them proper and improper ways of acting is so vital and such a concern and so often doesn't happen because when the child is young people say why should I bother disciplining him and this is one of the reasons the Rabbi gives 
For we have to make sure that as children are young, they are trained greatly in how properly to behave and how and what the right way to behave is, and trained to channel their efforts to good ideas and good works and to and to disciplining themselves into always being productive or trying to be productive, however they define however we define productivity. Pasuk of Zion, Chadal Bini Lishmoa Musar Lishgot Meim Reidan. So now he's speaking to to his son. So Chadal Bini Lishmoa Musar, the Rabbag understands it to mean He Mana Lishmoa Chokmat Musar Tamid Alon Ruisha Tishgeb Beim Reidan. In other words, Musar is discipline. So the Rabbi says, that's not what you want to learn all the time or know all the time. See, the JPS says, my son ceased to stray from words of knowledge and receive discipline. But the Rabbi thinks, no, it's Chadal bin Lishma Musar. Don't always listen to Musar, rather, Lishgot Imre Dad, but you should always uh, be learning Imre Dad. After you've learned the Musar, you should, that's enough. As a, In other words, Musar discipline and the right way to act, the right way to behave, and understanding modes of study, all of that is what Professor Tversky and would have called propedeutic. They are preliminary ideas. So Musar is what's necessary to be able to then go into the world of Dan, but it's not in and of itself valuable as Dan. And that's the way we want to understand it. So it's, should you learn how to be productive? You should. But once you learn how to be productive, to learn more about how to be productive might not be necessary, certainly not all the time. What you eventually have to do is actually learn Dan, learn actual knowledge and ideas. Pesachavket, Somebody who testifies falsely against his friend or brother, and he and he actually does it in actually he actually takes his evil ideas and puts them out into the world. Yalitz mishpat. Whereas rishaim um, tend to cover up what they're planning on doing, the evil they're planning on doing. In other words, he's understanding the puzzle is a conscious between two different kinds of evil. One is an aid blial, and they're a false witness. You might have thought it being a relatively minor thing, except that he actually carries out his plans in public and he does what he's doing, whereas a Rasha will try to avoid, will try to cover up what they're trying to do. Punishments are in store for scoffers and blows for the backs of dullards, of people who refuse to listen to learn. And the Rabbi doesn't say very much here, and it's just a concluding puzzle to the Perak in that as we've, as we've been contrasting Leitzim and Kisilim and Ivela and all these things. So, as for the Rabbag, probably the theme that he would bring up again would be the question of, are we, do we remember to discipline our children when they are young enough to accept it and to understand it and to absorb it and to be shaped by it? And that will be Pazukhavtet. If you have Leitzim, it's probably and appropriate to punish them and to try to get them away from their current paths and so too with Kisilim. Have a great day.